I wanted to control, I think, how people showed up for me. And I was, like, met with rejection and disappointment, like, when they didn't. And I I, I think I loved more from a place of fear instead of uh, hope. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to another episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday. Welcome back for another episode. The tea is piping on the internet. I feel like so much has been, like, happening. Like, it's you are not on Twitter. I am. Or, I'm so sorry, X. What the fuck ever it's called Okay, I literally was like... I clicked on X the other day because I was like, what is this? And then I was like, oh, my God, it's Twitter. And it's so funny that I don't even use it because, like, my parents do, which I think it's comical. Yeah, my mom what? and dad My mom and dad are both on Twitter. Your mom's on Twitter? Let me go follow probably, her. Probably, like, a year ago, my dad, like, tweeted Ellen and Taylor Swift one of my songs. And I was like, oh, dad. <laughs> He was like, check out my daughter's song <laughs> and tagged Ellen and Taylor. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, I really hope they see this. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. Um, oh, I don't God. know what they do on Twitter. Uh, I don't care to know what they do on Twitter. But <laughs> yeah, no, I don't use it. But I was literally was like, what the heck is this X thing? I don't remember downloading that. And then I clicked on it and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Twitter's yeah. having their own drama. You're not you're not chronically <laughs> online like I am. No. And I'm chronically I, on TikTok, but Yeah. Well, so I um I just feel like so much has been going on and uh one of the things this was so if you don't know if you're like new listening, I my day job is in the music industry and I I feel like so much was happening the other day. Like we, me and my coworkers were constantly like messaging each other on Slack because all the drama with Scooter Braun was coming out that all of his like clients, like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, Idina Menzel, Carly Rae Jepsen, like all of them were leaving him. And we were like, what the hell is happening? Like what is going on? Like, and we just, you know, automatically go to like the worst case scenario and everything. And I mean, one, I, I think what I think is funny is that there's so many like people like, you know, crazy people on TikTok being like Taylor Swift is like using dark magic and <laughs> the heiress tour or something. Like when like she's doing Willow and like has Kermit, like the glowy Karma is my boyfriend. <laughs> Karma really is because now, like, Scooter Braun, like, the downfall of Scooter Braun happening, and apparently, like, he is, like, leaving artists' management or something or whatever. But, like, I was talking to, like, one of my other friends who also works in the music industry, and she works in publicity, and we were, like, as sensational as it would be that, like, something, like, he's, like, the new Jeffrey Epstein or, like, something, like, awful is happening he's probably just a broke-ass bitch um oh i 1000 percent think he spent way too much money on taylor's masters and now he can't even like fund his artist 
Like that's well, gotta like be he it. Sold, he sold her masters. He doesn't own them anymore. Height B owns them, which is the company that he is also a executive of. And um, so he like sold Taylor's masters for a very hefty price tag. So he has that money. He no longer owns them. Hype B now owns them, but he owns a share in Hype B. And Hype B also manages like BTS and a lot of other K-pop bands. And um, he, I think, you know, it's probably just something like, you know, tax evasion, tax fraud, or, and, you know, losing money like in stock shares um, so that he's trying to liquidate all of his assets and um, get that money before anything goes public and it gets out there. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. he's just going to a catastrophic thing. I don't think it's anything sensational like... Um, right, like nothing uh, like happened. Child pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the man, but, you know. No. I don't, I don't no, necessarily yeah. think he's a terrible... Like, I mean, I don't think he's the best person, but I don't think he's... Like but, that I mean, either. There's also like uh, ju- reps from Justin and Ari saying that like they are working out. It, like they haven't fully left um, Scooter. That they're working out like a like a compromise of deal kind of in the moments right now. And I'm like, oh, so like it's a saving grace kind of moment where he's like begging. <laughs> Essentially, um, so it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Essentially, yeah, yeah um, definitely, yeah. But uh, there's also that, and then the whole. Okay, I don't follow her, so I don't know everything. But I know how crazy I feel like she kind of like. Not- I don't think I follow her either, or if I do, it was purely because I was like, oh my God, this girl looks so much like her, but I know it's not, not for the content. I don't follow her for the content. (laughs) We're talking about, um, Ashley, who is a Taylor Swift, like impersonator, even though like she claims not to be a Taylor Swift impersonator, Mm -hmm. but like there's been before and after photos of like what she looked like before. Uh, and then like her voice before and how she talks now and yeah, well, so the other day, and I'm pissed I missed this because I was at the Grove, like, an hour before this happened, where she, apparently she went to Century City Mall in L.A., and she went to the Grove in L.A., and she, like, was wearing, like, she was dressed up like Taylor. Like, she had, like, her extensions and she had sunglasses on. She hired fake security guards who don't even look like security guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just look like a bunch of, like, high school jocks <laughs> they looked so young they did look um, really young and like wasn't the guy like one of the guys like a vlogger or something like they were like I collaborating have, on some sort of prank or something i have no idea Ugh. but i was like one she was like saying like you know this happens all the time like where artists hire like impersonators to like distract them and everything i'm like yeah but you didn't get hired <laughs> you didn't get hired <laughs> like Second nobody all, asked you to do this the, the people that were freaking out over this like at the grove and it's interesting them all what makes you think Taylor Allison Swift is going to be at The Grove on a Saturday? Like, just be, be fucking for real. Be, be fucking for real. One, The Grove gets more foot traffic than Disneyland. Like, right. it is like, that mm-hmm. busy. You really think Taylor's going to go to Nordstrom at The Grove and go watch a movie at the AMC that I frequent? <laughs> like... No. <laughs> that's not happening. That's no. not happening. 
ever. No, if she was going to go to any mall, it would be Century City. But, like, she's not going to. She can't even go get to it. her nails done. Like, she right. is so famous. So, yeah, it was a very, um, uh, it was very interesting to watch that, I think, unfold online. But I, yeah, I don't follow her. I, I just didn't know, like, how much you knew about her in contrast. Because, like, it, I yeah, just think it's about that's about the extent that I know of her. Um, I just thought it was kind of odd, an odd choice of content to create. Um, because now people are like, she's obsessed. <laughs> and I'm well, beginning like, to be like, Ooh, it's a little, it's just it's weird. Like, it's just weird. Like when you go to get plastic surgery to like, start to like, look like those people, like it's giving, um, it's giving Rebecca. It's giving obsession. It's giving um, like I the roommate. It's giving. That's what I was gonna I'm say. Gonna it's murder. giving the roommate. It's giving the Which roommate. Which is <laughs> well, obsession and Rebecca are as well. But I'm like, it's giving. Um, I'm going to murder you in your sleep and take over your life. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of vibes. And it would be different. It would be different if her career was like, you know, the people that do shows where they're like. They're like um, they are verified impersonators and right. they're performing as them and yes. like lip syncing and everything. Yes. That I would be okay with because that's an actual career that people choose to do and they'll put on like uh, an Adele show or a Carrie Underwood show, like in Vegas or LA or you know yeah. something like that. And so that sure, but like just to walk She's around the mall and pretend that you're Taylor Swift. And, like, get people to freak out because you're, like, covered up and have sunglasses on. You have a big bunch of, like, people around you. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand what that, where that thought process was. Like, I could do the same fucking shit. I could walk down Rodeo, hire a fake paparazzi and a fake bodyguard and walk down Rodeo Drive and make everybody think that I'm somebody. Somebody, exactly. And, like, it's just, like, the, um, the bystander effect of, like, you see all these people freaking out over somebody, you just automatically assume that, like, you should know who this person is. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be the same if I, like, pretend to telling people I was Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. Like, like, you look, like, you, you favor, you favor a person enough to where you begin to believe that people think you're her, and people have thought that Ashley is her by accident. And I will say, it's a very uncanny resemblance. But I think... But, but it see, seems fake I think, to me. I think it's the filters that make people think that. I think in real life she doesn't look that much like it. There's no Probably way. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a bunch of filters that do that. And then she's gotten plastic surgery before. But I don't think in real life that she And the haircut. Looks. And the haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she had the 1989 New yes. York short bob mm-hmm. um, for a while that mm-hmm. Taylor also rocked. And I'm like, you could get... And like and she was like, I don't look like Taylor. Like I'm not trying to be Taylor. I'm like, then you get a different haircut. Mm-hmm. Why do you have the 1989 yeah. bob when she was in her 1989 era? Oh, Why no. do She's you have totally the long hair now? Playing it up for fame. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you could easily just get a different haircut and you won't look like her. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. No. I feel like, and then I also feel like this week has just been full of nostalgia with like all of our. Disney gals coming out with new music. We got oh, yeah. Miley's new single. We got Selena's new single. We got Ariana's 10th anniversary of uh, Yours, Yours Truly. Truly. Mm-hmm. Oh, the violin part 
in I the way. I haven't listened to it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. I just love Ari. I've listened to She's Marley's. so crisp now. I, the, the Wicked has done her well. <laughs> oh, the vocal training that she's yes. like she's gotten back into. Yeah, back into. I know she's a Broadway. She's a former Broadway actress. Right, right. So like she but has you could vocal tell, training. You could tell how she went from like Broadway to poppy, and now she's back into the like. It's like almost like a mixture. Like she still sounds like herself, but she's enunciating, ladies and gents. She is enunciating. <laughs> yeah, but. but. Uh, she, I, I listened to Miley's and I listened to Selena's, but I have not, yeah, I haven't listened to Ari's. I only listen, I only listen to The Way with Mac because I just love them so much. R.I.P. Um, but <laughs> speaking of new releases and uh, my captivation this week is Renee Yourself. Ralph's, yes, um, <laughs> me, myself. Oh, yeah, I did release music too. <laughs> Oops. I thought that's what I, you were leading I, up I to. Surprise. Um, no, I'm not going to make my <laughs> captivation myself. That is a little narcissistic. Um, <laughs> no, I, I released. That's what you were leading up to. No, but I, d- I definitely should tell the gals. Can you tell people about that? Um, so I released my EP. Woohoo! It's four songs that I um, recorded with William Henson a couple years ago. And. Um, they are now on the internet and have a home, and I'm very excited about that. Um, so I've just been... This is not the album you've been working on. It's something no, different. No, no, no. This is not the album. This is just... Um, I realized that I never released them as an EP, which was like the whole entire plan of me recording with William in the first place. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put them all together. They go well together. Um and so I just went ahead and did it. And of course, I chose the same release date as literally everyone else and their mother. <laughs> um, literally everyone else and their mother. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, but it's fine. Um, so that's been fun, trying to promote that as much as possible. Um, but no, my captivation is actually Renee Rapp's album. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. um, Snow Angel, it is so good. She is wicked talented. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we all knew that just from like her Broadway debuts and things like that. But yeah, she I, debuted on Broadway like after right after graduate graduating high school. Yeah, she is like one of those people who's like one in a million. Um, like her, like I mean her voice, like she just has such a very um, unique and strong and. Like, the fact that she can just, like, do a run while she's sitting down and, like, it's totally effortless is um, sickening, but it's That's fine. the thing that annoys me the most about her. I love Renee. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Renee. I'm, I'm going to see her concert um, at the end of September. And, um, but, it, no, it, it sickens me. It sickens me how effortless she makes it all look and seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally just sits and sings, and it's fine. But from her album, um, top three favorite songs are Tummy Hurts, Poison Poison, and Talk Too Much. I'm obsessed with those. Um, I think she is really good. And I was like, (laughs) I like spoke the lyrics of Tummy Hurts to my husband, and he was like, Damn. And I was like, yeah, that's a good slap in the face. <laughs> mm. So mm-hmm. I like those three as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. not one that I don't like, but those are the mm-hmm. ones that I like tend to like want to listen to again and again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like Tommy Hurts has a lot of R&B in it, which I really like. And I mean, she is a huge fan of R&B music mm-hmm. um, in general. And so she tries to inc- she like, does pop, but she tries to have R&B undertones a oh, yeah. lot. And her yeah. music, which is what I gravitate towards more. Um, 
I mean, that's where all those runs come from. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's giving our yeah. it gives Ari vibes a little bit. Not not in the Early same Ari way. Vibes. Yeah, not in the same way necessarily, but just like how she kind of does that more like pop, like runs, belting, all that stuff. So. And I love, I love the snippets of her talking when she's just like, God, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Such a good one. Uh, Mine captivation is going to be, so I'm just manifesting fall at this point. Like, and I live in a place where we don't have seasons. So uh, good luck with that, Emily. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) I really... Like, one way I try to do that, it's by, like, smells, so, like, candles, but also uh, fragrances. And I feel like I probably mentioned this before, but we're going to mention it again because it's that time of year. I mean, it's past August 24th, so we've gotten our pumpkin spice lattes at this point. It is Replicas by the Fireplace perfume. If you haven't smelled this, like, run to your nearest Sephora, Nordstrom, wherever, Go and smell it. It is divine. It is so warm and cozy. Let me actually pull up the notes of this fragrance really quickly so I can accurately describe it to you gals. Okay, so your you have your keynotes of clove, chestnut accord, and vanilla accord. So it's just going to be like very crisp, very cozy, very warm, like almost like a hug. Um, it has a very sweet gourmand family and yet spicy smell to it. So by that meaning, it's going to smell like a burning fire, uh, like chestnuts roasting on an open fire kind of vibes, but it's also going to have a very like sweet end to it. So that's where the vanilla comes into it. Um, but I usually will just like spray this like all over like my sweaters and everything. Um, around this time of year, but I think the reason I really, uh, like it is because Replica's fragrances, they, so Maison Margiela, who created Replica, uh, every scent is meant to spark a memory. It's supposed to replicate a memory. Um, Mm. that's why it's called that. Um, and this is supposed to, um, just recreate the signature warmth and coziness of a crackling fire and watching the snow fall outside. Mm. Yes, that's such a good scent. I always yeah. forget about that scent. I don't know why. I love that one. Oh, mm-hmm. It's so great. And it's unisex, so men and women can wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it has a very manly musk to it, but it's still feminine with that vanilla sweetness um, top notes at the end. Mm. So, yeah, I really like it. I, I It is always my favorite. I need to go buy a new bottle of it ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited for fall. I'm really ready. Well, we have so much to talk to you guys about today that we are so excited to get into this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about like toxic beliefs that we've had to like unlearn, mainly like through relationships that we've had. Um, but before we get into all of that, we have almost we're approaching 200, 200 episodes. We have almost 200 episodes that you gals can go listen to on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening on your mobile device, uh, feel free to subscribe and leave us a fabulous review. We really appreciate it. You can also check out more content on our Instagram at the gals guide pod and our TikTok at the gals guide. And we also have content on our social, on our independent social. So you can check out Hannah's album, um, EP, I'm sorry, on her Instagram at Hannah Adams Miller, and you can also follow me because why not at Emily Elise. 
<laughs> and we are going to jump into a couple of sponsorships really quickly, and then we're going to get into today's episode. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Okay, so today we were talking about toxic beliefs and dating we had to unlearn. And I think this is something where we both, I feel like, have grown a lot in our relationships. Recently, we've um, become a little bit more secure. And I thought that, you know, reflecting like on our past was a great way for us to kind of find closure in some ways and for us to um, just really see how far we've come from our early 20s, where we were our most toxic, (laughs) for sure. Which, I mean, it's what your early 20s is for, though. Like Miley said, we used to be young. I mean... (laughs) We just used to be young, and that's fine. And we're we're here now, and you know we're we're making moves forward for sure. Yeah, to healthier, more secure pastures. Definitely, <laughs> we're gonna go see all the cows. <laughs> I don't know. I saw this cow cuddling video in Hawaii, and now I just like that's on my bucket list to go cuddle the cows in a pasture of maturity. <laughs> I'm going to let that. I'm going to just keep going. <laughs> but I I feel like it took a lot for me to like really sit down and like analyze this. How did it feel for you? Yeah, I was like really trying to think of things that I like younger me used to like really truly like believe uh when it came to relationships. Um And I feel like marriage has forced me to become more mature too, because not everything Mm. is like rainbows and butterflies all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's little annoyances or there's, you know, like a big, a big event that happens in our life that, you know, we both are having to go through together and deal with. And, um, and so I think there were a lot of things like as a people pleaser (laughs) that I have a really hard time unlearning. Um, and I don't think I realized how toxic they actually were until I sat down and started trying to like come up with things that I like used to truly believe. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think the problem, the problem that I was running into, like not necessarily the problem, but like what I was learning as I was like working through this like episode topic idea was like, they're toxic beliefs that like are so accepted in our world. Mm. And like, Mm. and I think that's the hard, the hard part is that like they're, they're, some of these are kind of taught to us. Like when we're growing up, maybe not like directly, but Mm -hmm. indirectly. And I feel like there's so many people that say them all the time and they just, it just becomes something that you think is right. And then when you actually sit down and think about it, it's like, no, actually, maybe that person's just shitty. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe. I, yeah. I mean, for some people, they also learn it through what their parents 
do. That's very true. Because really, Especially like growing age. up, yeah, like that is your that is your representation of love. I mean, we are loved in different, you know, different areas. If, you know, um, if you went to school, you know, your teachers care and love for you in, in one way. And if you grew up in a church, like sometimes there's people within that that, you know, love you and support you that way. But like true, like relationship love you see through your parents, your grandparents, I mean, but think I mean, about how many people or the TV of, or the TV. I, I also mean, yeah. think that is another place where there's a lot of like to- toxicity around relationships. But I mean, think about like where people who grow up like with their parents, like divorced later in life, like they, uh, a lot of them like end up, it changes like the perspective of like, relationships and love. I'm not saying this for everybody, but I'm saying like categorically, like, that's what like the common denominator is. Um, and I feel like a, a lot of times there have, um, I've been in relationships that give the illusion of love in a relationship that's not there. And I've like sacrificed, I think like my sense of self sometimes over and over again to gain like a man's understanding and validation for like my own sense of security. And, um, I think my feelings of like rejection and abandonment like surface through um, toxic behaviors that I experienced like in those relationships, and I like almost had felt like I was trying to convince people that I was worthy of love, which I don't know. I I know where that stemmed from, and it wasn't from my parents. It was definitely like from um, adolescence and friendships that I had. Um, but I, I was, I was almost conditioned to believe that, uh, if you love someone, then like you take on the job of their like a mental and like emotional support. And almost like if they, uh, are not happy, like it is your responsibility and your job to like make them happy over your own happiness. And, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, again, it goes back to pouring from like an empty cup, uh, that we always talk about where like, if your cup is not full, I mean, you can't give more than you don't have and it's very hard and that's not your job that's not your responsibility and uh it's unfair to dump your emotional baggage on someone who does not qualify for that position for that job that you are trying to give them um and I think I didn't allow others to kind of um what's the word I didn't allow others to like love me in their own way because I didn't know how I wanted to receive love. Like mm. when I say that, I'm I'm thinking like love languages, like people show love in different ways. And I thought if they weren't showing love in the way I receive love, then that didn't mean that they me. loved me. Right. Yeah. It was just me. It was almost like it was just a lost in translation moment. There was a miscommunication and I took it personally when there was nothing personal to be taken. Um, it just was not a match and it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with them. It's just we just don't mesh well. Yeah. Um, we don't speak the same language <laughs> in that way. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of these, like you know, fights, temper tantrums, whatever. Um, I think a lot of these behaviors were, like, my attempt um, to fight for, like, for someone to, like, see me 
um, hear me and like just like love me and empathize like with me. And um, I wanted to control, I think, how people showed up for me. And I was like met with rejection and disappointment like when they didn't. And I, I, I think I loved more from a place of fear instead of uh, hope and f- yeah. faith and belief. Um, and I noticed that that pattern like had to stop. And so that is what all I learned. <laughs> like it's a lot. Just, yeah. Uh, just, you know, going through all this. And I think it takes a lot of courage for people to like go through and notice their toxic behaviors. And I definitely encourage the gals to kind of like sit down journal and, um, reflect because it, it, when you take that focus and inten- intentionality and, um, just reflective perspective, it creates a lot of discipline within yourself. And when you see it, I think for me, at least when I see like written, like on paper, like I, um, it makes it more real and able to like fully like acknowledge it and want to kind of, um, reflect on it and work through it. Yeah. And I think, I think part of this, like, like thinking about all of these things, like, honestly made me like swallow my pride a little bit because I was like, Oh, here's all like, here's all the things that I thought, you know, were toxic, but also like maybe I've done some of these also, uh, like where I have maybe been on the other, the flip side of it. Um, where like I made someone believe some of these things, if that even makes sense any sense <laughs> well let's so, go through them like which ones do you feel like that that those were um um out of the ones that we came up with together I think the like they will change for me one um is a belief that I really 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 believed but also well, I mean like I feel like I, I feel, feel like a lot of like, people believe that because I mean if we go back to like Nicholas Sparks watch remember we all thought we were all gonna have a land and that was a bad boy and he was gonna change and be a good boy for us like we all a lot of people thought that I thought mm-hmm. that I mean I blame Nicholas Sparks to this fucking day <laughs> oh right right and I also feel like I have been in relationships where like I have made another person think think I was going to change for them and then didn't. So I think, I think that's one specifically that like goes Mm -hmm. both ways. But the reason I put it on here was because I spent five years of my life trying to change somebody. Um, and it didn't work out. And so I think that that is like, the reason I put it on the list is because in me trying to change somebody, I feel like I was sort of being toxic um, at the same time. Like maybe not to the extent of like, how dare you, you terrible person, but like, you know, making, you know, little comments um, that maybe weren't the nicest or trying to put somebody on a path that they didn't necessarily want for themselves and me thinking that that was going to make them a better person and make us a better group, you know, partnership or whatever. Um, but also, so like from that standpoint, I feel like I was kind of being the toxic one, but I've also been in relationships where 
I really thought I could change somebody. Like, I was like, they're going to choose me. They're not going to choose that. Like, this is how it's going to be. And then I was met with just like total, utter heartbrokenness when I really realized that. And I also think that like, that's just not something we should ever try to do. Like, unless somebody is like out here murdering people, then maybe they do need an intervention. You're not not going to change anybody though, but you're still not going to change that person. Um, It's like that whole saying of like, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. And I think that that is just, you just can't change people. Um, People are going to, people are going to show you who they truly are. And I think that it's really important to listen to your gut when it comes to that. And I feel like you and I are both really good at reading people. Um, And I think my mom is also really good. I don't like to admit it. I'm like, oof, I should have known. I did know. I just refused. I put up the blinders. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. I have definitely I've thought the same thing too, for sure, when it comes to like people like level of commitment to me and again relationships. Um, But I going back to uh, making someone else like I think definitely their happiness is more important than my own. Mm. That is a toxic. That is a toxic belief that I had to unlearn um, because it's not mine. Is like if I'm not happy, then like what is the point of this relationship? Like it is not just them. Like I have to choose to be in this too. And if I'm not happy, me making them happy is not going to make me happy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm still going to be pouring from an empty cup, and then I'm going to be mad when they're not reciprocating the same energy back to me. Um, yeah. That's why I always say, like, relationships aren't 50-50. They're 100-100. Yeah, um, I like that. So, Well, yeah, and I, to I, even, I, like, piggyback on that one, like, one that I was thinking about is that, like, love and relationships are responsible for my happiness. And then I quickly realized that that's definitely not the case, but that's how life is portrayed in all facets. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I feel like everyone's end goal is to be in love and find their soulmate when in reality, like loving yourself and finding like what you want to do with your life is going to lead you to happiness. And like, you have to make yourself happy before you can make anybody else happy. And I think that that was something that I just like, couldn't wrap my head around. I was like, no, obviously it's falling in love. Like that's what's going to make me happy. That's how it was for women for centuries. I mean, Mm -hmm. where a woman's end goal was marriage and that was the end of all her aspirations in life. Yeah. Whereas now, in 2023, sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but women have in- infinite more chances at uh, a thousand more things that they want to do in their life. And a relationship doesn't have to be the end goal. It can just be a side journey that you take yeah, on like, the way. Like a counterpart, like part yeah. of you, but doesn't have to make up you as a whole, make you up yeah, as a whole. Yeah, it doesn't mean whatever. that I, like, am I prioritizing being in a relationship right now? No, but it doesn't mean that I don't want a partner at some point in my life. I want to be able to achieve the goals that I want and do what I want. But sometimes, yeah, I think it would be nice to have somebody to share those with. So it's not like I'm reaching for that person to be my end goal. It's almost like I want them to come along and support me as I reach for that end goal. Right, um, exactly. And I also have thought, you know, that, like I said before, it's my responsibility to show them what it's like to be in love. Um, So going along with that happiness, like I dated people who had never been in love before. And then I was like, oh, it's my responsibility to show you what love is. 
and be that person for you. And that's, you can, you can be, you can show someone love. That does not mean that they're going to reciprocate it back to you. Again, the people can only match you as far as they match themselves. Um, so there's that. And then, um, there's oftentimes where I thought that I needed to earn someone's love and mm, yes. their appreciation. And that I don't know where I got the idea that loving me was hard. And the only thing I could think of is to go back to like middle school friendships, being bullied and wanting to have desperately have friends. Again, nothing that goes back to, um, I'm feeling like an outcast. That I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 16 when all my other friends were getting boyfriends and having their first kiss and dating, mm-hmm. um, and hit reaching milestones before I did. And I, um, needed to work to earn someone's love when I really looked inward. And I was like, I am fairly fucking easy to love. I'm high maintenance <laughs> in some ways. And that like, like, really, like honestly, everybody has high maintenance in their own ways. Like I'm high maintenance in that. Like I later on in the relationship. Yeah. I'm down for spontaneity, but like at the beginning stages, I need like, t- I need to know when, I can go with the flow, but I need to know when the flow is going to start. Mm-hmm. Like, I need... I need a I who, need, what, where. I don't need a two hours before I we're trying to hang out. I need a G-Cal invite to the flow. <laughs> I need a G-Cal invite a week prior. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, once we're there, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm here for it. Let's have fun. Let's go. Um, but I'm also really easy to please. And that, like, you could just buy me flowers from Trader Joe's. And that would make me feel special. So I'm not... I'm not asking for a lot when it comes to what I want in a relationship. And so I, I don't think I need to work for somebody that hard for somebody to love me. Like, I don't think that it's hard to love me. I'm also a fucking delight. Um, so there's (laughs) that. Uh (laughs) One thing that I used to believe Um, And I think it was just because it was like shouted from the rooftop so much was that if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. And I now totally disagree with this because I think that when you're in a relationship, like, yes, you can have your bad days. Yes, you can have your meltdowns. Yes, you are entitled to feel all of your feelings and all of your emotions, but if your worst is crying on the couch and you know, you just need a minute, then that's great. But if your worst is yelling at somebody and calling them names and leaning more into those like emotionally abusive, like parts of that, then no, I don't, I I don't, I don't agree with, I don't agree that that you should have to handle me at my worst. Yeah. Well, I think also just like, just saying they're constantly like blaming someone for everything that's going wrong. And like, mm-hmm. not even like to like the most violent extent of that. Like it can still be subtly done. Oh, like, absolutely. Like very passive aggressive, yeah. you know, those kind of things. Like, and I also feel like when you are like down in the dumps, like that is a prime opportunity to talk about it and to, you know, you know, explain what you're feeling and maybe listen to your partner and see if they have any, you know, ideas of things that you could do to help get you out of that slump. Um, but I don't, I just don't love that whole, like, if you can't handle me while I'm crying, then you don't get me when I'm happy. And I just feel like it's very like, it's just more negative than I think 
I used to think it was. I used to think like, absolutely, like you should be able to, you know, like see me at my worst and at my best. But I I think it it has more of a little toxic spin on it than I think I realized when I was younger. I think if I was to take it and put a more healthier spin on it, it goes down into the for better or for worse marriage vows of like Mm -hmm. if you were to get cancer. Yes. Like, please, please be there for me. (laughs) (laughs) Please please handle me. (laughs) If you can't handle me while I'm dying... Um, you don't deserve me when I am, you know, alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that one is like, I think there's definitely ways to make it more positive, but I think what I've been seeing recently is like the more negative spin on it. And I, you know, I think it's one of those things where like, it shouldn't matter if you're at your worst or your best. Like if you're in it to win it and you're there to support the person, like you're going to work through it. And it's kind of like what you said, like, relationships are hundred percent both ways, but also if I can't give a hundred today, like, I, like, or if my partner can't give a hundred today, I'm going to step up. Um, yeah. and vice it's almost versa. like if you tell your partner, like I'm at like a 60 today, it's like, okay, I got to add that extra, extra, like 40%. I got to give 140% and everything to be able to show up for them. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think one thing that you also wrote down uh, was fighting means you aren't compatible. Mm -hmm. And I also like I know people who've been in relationships were like, we don't fight at all. And I'm like, that's scary. That's one of you is not happy. Then one Mm -hmm. of you is severely unhappy because, yeah, you got to fight. You're going to fight. You have to be like, I mean, it would just be kind of like weird if my husband and I agreed on every single thing ever. And also, I think. It doesn't have to be like yelling, fighting. It can just be a disagreement and it can just be talking, talking points about why, you know, I feel this way and you feel that way, but you are going to come up against things in life where you're going to have to work through it and you're going to have to compromise and you're going to, or maybe you don't compromise on something and you hold your ground, but like, that doesn't mean that you're not compatible. It means that you can work through like hard times together and come up with, you know, some sort of. And sometimes Re- resolution. Maybe, sometimes maybe these people, this person's also giving you a different perspective that you would have never thought of. And that is my uh, favorite thing about like you and my husband and my mom is that I feel like in a good way you sometimes always play like devil's advocate, which I think is very very helpful for me because which I don't always play devil's advocate oh, no, no, no. because the I devil does mean, not need an advocate. I didn't mean like <laughs> I didn't mean like you always do it. <laughs> I just meant like I feel like there's instances where like y'all say, I'll say something and then someone will come back with like just a different perspective, and I appreciate that because I am stubborn and I am stuck in my ways, but. As I've grown, I definitely feel like I'm way more open-minded than I was when I was, like, 12. So, um... Well, God, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. There are some people on this planet <laughs> that are not. Like, if you have a 12-year-old mindset, get get a... No, I don't goodbye. know. The 12-year-olds these days are, are, doing, are doing good things. They They're terrify me. <laughs> I'm a little terrified. I'm One of my coworkers' of sons them. can, like manage money and like all kinds of stuff and I'm like I'm terrified I'm terrified of you (laughs) terrified of you get out of here go be a child please please I know well and then in the kind of like the counterpart of that that I thought of is that relationships should just be easy you know because that's, that's what boring. that's what <laughs> what it should be, right? That's what that's what we think. No to an extent like, like it should be easy. However you you're gonna you work I mean you choose it to still love this person. Work. Exactly. You wake up and some days you may not like them, but you'll definitely love them. 
like, do you have... Relationships are always going to require work in some aspect. You have another person that you are constantly going to try to compromise with and meet in the middle. And sometimes you don't want to do that. And that is, I mean, that's fine. But this is why you have communicate. This is why you talk. This is why you communicate. This is why you work through it together as a team, not a you versus you. It is you versus the, y'all versus the problem. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Definitely. Approaching it with that mindset is definitely, I think, key, and it is it is what will make it feel easy, is when you look at yourself as a team and not um, one, one versus the other, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I definitely feel like that's how we have approached marriage, and I feel like it's why we're almost a year in and like things are going great. Um, I mean, we all, we, we have our days where we don't agree on things, but for the most part, like just being able to like solidly communicate has saved so many dumb potential arguments. Um, and so I think that that's really, really important. And then one that I used to believe (laughs) is that if somebody comes back to you, that means they want a relationship with you. And that is just not the case. We have They're heard. They're just bored. They're just bored. We have heard, you know, from the crowds that they don't want you back. They are bored or they're trying to make somebody jealous or they're just trying to play with you. And I just, you know, I just have decided that just because somebody comes back into your life doesn't mean they're there to stay. There are seasons and there are reasons that people come and go. And I'm just learning to just kind of like ride with whoever decides to hop on the train today. So. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. It's I, I don't know what that's like. Um, so I, um, no one's well, came and back. like that's the weird like I, I do feel bad about putting that on there because of my situation. But I know that <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not the norm, nor is it like really something you should like think's gonna happen um yeah that's all i'll say about that with that with that (laughs) for those that don't know blaine her husband being her ex yes also yes yeah um but 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 i will say he did come back several times it did not mean he wanted a relationship with me (laughs) every single time every (laughs) single time (laughs) but uh you know it is what you it is. You had to go no contact for five years. <laughs> yeah, for like many, many, many years. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely one that I feel like a lot of people struggle with because I do feel like there are a lot of instances where people pop in and out of your life and it's hard sometimes to kind of know why and what, what the end goal is for them. And you don't want to be like asking like, hey, what are, what are you doing? But also like, why not? What are you doing? <laughs> like, what is this? But yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, if someone came back to you, you have all the right to ask mm-hmm. those questions and ask mm-hmm. what is going on, what are your intentions, like what is going on here because mm-hmm. I mean, and I feel like that's way disrupting your peace. Yeah, and I feel like that's something I definitely would not have done like in my early 20s and now I would have been like what are like what do you want? <laughs> like what are your intentions here? Trust me, if so. a certain someone ends up contacting me cuz I have a feeling it's going to happen, Within this a year again, because he always does, I'm going to ask literally, why? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Why are you bothering me? Mm-hmm. 
Because mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the, anytime an ex comes back, that's just how I feel. Anytime, like, I've had... They've never came back in hopes of a relationship. They came back and, like, they're just checking in. And I'm like, why? Which is so annoying to me. Why? Or, I don't, like, those people that just send you, like, the happy birthday text. My like Instagram Merry Christmas public. text. I'm like, yeah. why? My Instagram's public. You can see what's going on in my life. I'm just like, why by that. Why popping back in to tell me happy birthday? Like, no part of me wants to talk to you right now. No. Or ever, but okay. Thank you. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I definitely have had to learn um, to be more comfortable with vulnerability, I think, in relationships. And it's not that, like, I... I think it was just a fear of vulnerability because I thought that if I was vulnerable, then that somebody would take advantage because in the past that was a lesson I was taught or in relationships where like whenever I was vulnerable with somebody, then they took advantage of that and used it against me. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I always had to be strong, show no emotions. And that meant that they couldn't get to me. But I think it's... You're human. You can't just always have like a fence up. And then when you do that, you're not going to allow anybody in. And it's going to be even harder later on in relationships. I think having resilience when you've been hurt before to still get back up on the horse and still try to find, like still going out there to find love. I think that is more powerful than somebody who is just completely closed off and never going to give love a chance because they're too terrified to get hurt. That mm-hmm. is more cowardness, I think. So yeah. I really champion being vulnerable in relationships because I think that it shows how strong you are. That's like, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to show up as me 1,000%. And if you don't like that, then it's just making it easier for me to weed you out because I know that, sure, yeah, I think a lot of times I was like, oh, wow, I'm 100% myself and vulnerable and they didn't like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't like me. Um, there's something wrong with me um, and that. But it just means that you weren't a match. And that's fine. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. One of the last ones that I thought of, and it kind of goes for both like dating and also in like friendships and like work life too, is if someone's treating you poorly, just work harder and they will treat you better. And I think that just comes from my like people pleasing nature of like, oh, well, if they don't like me right now, like I'll just try harder. I'll just be better. And of course, they're going to have to like me. Um, and no, they're just going to know how to take advantage of you. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that is, you know, if someone is treating you poorly, then screw them. Like they don't deserve a place in your circle anyways. And I think that that is something that I have realized over the past couple of years. Like who are the people that are going to be in my life and who Mm. are the people that are just kind of like, you know, trying to just, I don't know, keep me, keep honestly, like keep me lower than I, what am I trying to say? Like dull my brightness, I guess also. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder, too, if, like, sometimes that happens because, like, of their own insecurities or if, you know, like you said earlier, like, I'm just not their cup of tea or mm-hmm. if I make them jealous or, you know, I mean, there's always that you just never know what somebody's thinking and why they're acting the way that they are. But if they're treating you poorly and you're feeling like, OK, well, maybe if I just do this, like, don't change yourself for somebody like that's not going to it's not going to make them like you. Like you said, mm-hmm. they're just going to take advantage of you in the future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think the last one, 
I would say, because you hear it all over TikTok, mm-hmm. which is if he wanted to, he would. And I want to reframe that. And, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast that, like, you want to and you're not. Exactly. <laughs> so. so <laughs> it goes both I, ways. <laughs> it's so. And I, I am a, I'm a woman that loves and hates men. Like, I, I, I'm attracted to men, but I also hate men. Um, <laughs> and um, I still think that sometimes you have to give men the benefit of the doubt that they are also scared when it comes to dating as well. And they also have feelings. And they don't also want to be rejected either. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's, I, also, I mean, there's a lot out on the table when you, like, try to make the first... You know what I mean? Like, both yeah. ways. When you try to make the first move or you, like, want to tell somebody that you like them, like, it... It's nerve wracking. And so, you know, giving everybody some grace, (laughs) but also also, to the extent of where I was in relationships before, where I was asking for the bare minimum Mm -hmm. to be treated special, to be treated, um, like someone actually cared and loved me and they weren't doing that to then to now have friends who go above and beyond for me. And it's just like, Oh no, wait, there are people out there that will, if he's not doing it, then maybe that's just not the person for you. If you've communicated what you want and they are still not showing up for you in that way, after you've told them that like, this is how I want you, this. I want to be treated nicely. I l- would love for you to bring flowers home for me. I would love for you to um, like cook dinner every like every other night or something. Mm-hmm. Alleviate, that, alleviate that burden for me, or you know, write you cute like little love notes. Like little things that don't require that much effort and don't require like you know spending a million fucking dollars or whatever. Yeah, like things that just you would do for a friend or um, a parent or a sibling or you know a, a daughter or whoever um if you communicate that and they're still not doing it then no then yeah they're not the person for you there are people out there that will though absolutely so i i i think i would like to wrap this episode up with like I would really encourage you gals to sit down take time to journal and really reflect on lessons that you've learned over the years in your relationships, maybe looking at, you know, I think where your relationships went wrong, seeing, um, where common fights were always had at or where, uh, moments where you felt uneasy. And those are those, maybe there's some lessons that can be learned in those key moments. Cause that's what we kind of took into accountability when we were making this list. So I really encourage that. And I think that that will help for you to learn how to break down and really start um, adjusting and quote unquote fixing those areas in your life and your relationships. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. What's 
so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.